Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Till my day, 
day is done and say you come and say It's a beautiful day to be alive. It is a beautiful day to gather together and worship Jesus. I invite you if you're new this morning or if you're new-ish to downtown church to find me during the Holy Interruption or introduce yourself to someone around you, we would love to welcome you. Let us pray. God, you are here. In the abundance of morning glory, you are here. And you already know the pain we carried in our bodies through those doors. And you already know the to-do lists that keep getting longer by the minute in our minds. And you already know all the things we're trying to push into that void that only you fill. Clear our minds. Oh Lord, slow the beats of our heart so we can be more present with you and those around us worshiping you now. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. In the time of my confession, in the hour of my deepest need, when the pool of tears beneath my feet flood every newborn sea, there's a dying voice within me reaching out somewhere, toiling in the danger. In the morals of despair Don't have the inclination To look back on any mistake Like Cain I now behold The chain of events that I must break In the fury of the moment I can see the Master's hand in every leaf that trembles and in every grain of sand Oh, the flowers of indulgence and the weeds of yesteryear Like criminals they have choked the breath of conscience and good cheer the sun beat down upon the steps of time to light the way to ease the pain of idleness in the memory of decay i gaze into the doorway 
of temptation's angry flame and every time I pass that way I always hear my name then onward in my journey I come to understand that every hair is numbered like every grain of sand I've gone from rags to riches in the sorrow of the night in the violence of a summer's dream in the chill of a wintry light in the bitter dance of loneliness fading into space in the broken mirror of innocence on each forgotten face I hear the ancient footsteps like the motion of the sea Sometimes I turn to someone there Other times it's only me I'm hanging in the balance Of the reality of man Like every sparrow falling Like every grain of sand The prayer of admission can be found in your program. It's the moment in worship where we are honest about who we are and what we need. So I invite you to pray that prayer with me. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us. Sometimes those two words are enough. You know what we've been through. You know how we can be better. You know the very places we need your grace to wash over. Forgive us, we pray. And hear us now as we pray silently together. Father, 
God knows and God loves us anyway. Therefore, we must learn to receive the grace offered us and give grace freely to one another. Beloved, hear this good news in Jesus, you are forgiven. We get to live at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, I invite the family of Junia Jane Francis Nickel forward for her baptism. This morning, Mary, Justin, and Max present Junia Jane Francis Nickel to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today, we boldly proclaim that Junia is a recipient of the covenant of grace, and in baptism, God claims her as God's own, welcoming her into this family of faith and as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. We are also encouraged that in no stage of life are we ever truly separated from Christ and from the bonds we have with one another. Junia, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and Christ are always with you. Hear these words of our Lord Jesus Christ just as he delivered them to his disciples after his resurrection. All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. For lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so by water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and we are joined in Christ's ministry of love and peace and justice. Let us remember with joy our own baptisms as we celebrate this sacrament today. Justin and Mary, having heard these words of scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? We do. And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to share that faith with your child? We do. And to you, the congregation, do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Promise to guide, support, and nurture Junia. Through your words and actions, with love and prayer, will you encourage her to know and follow Jesus Christ and empower her to be a faithful member of the church? If so, say, we do. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. And to follow your son, to follow Christ, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. And so when the world seems hard to Junia, when the church, her parents, her friends and family mess up, we give thanks that you do not. We give thanks that your presence will never leave her, nor will it leave us. We thank you for the waters of these baptisms. Let it seal your child and welcome her into the kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Junior Jane Francis Nickel. Junior Jane Francis, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. O Lord, uphold Junior by your Holy Spirit. Give her the spirit of goodness as she faces issues in this world, the spirit of love towards strangers, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of joy, knowing that she is your image bearer, 
called to shed her uniquely beautiful light into this broken world. Amen. Prayer from her godparents. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit you have bestowed upon your servant June the forgiveness of sin and have raised her to the new life of grace. Sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give her an inquiring and a discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Junia has been received into the one holy Christian church through baptism. God has made her a member in the household of God and to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. I encourage you during Holy Interruption to come welcome the newly baptized, our sister in Christ. It's a really cool view to get to see the kids up there. Kind of jealous, I'm only, the only one that can see it. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, we're throwing a party here um, Friday, December 3rd to celebrate 10 years of worshiping in Columbia. Um, and we need to know by next Sunday how many people to have food for. Crawford, uh, who does the food for us, he said last time we had a party, we ate the most out of any party he's ever done. So, you know, we're not trying to run out of food, um, not trying to create a loaves and fishes scenario on our 10-year anniversary. So get your ticket online today. There's a QR code in your program. Um, it's in the website at the top. Uh, and if it's not in your budget to get a ticket, we don't want that to be a barrier. Just email the church and um, we want you to be there. So we are in the middle of a sermon series uh, around our 10-year anniversary. It's called What Our Future Holds. You can see on the back where we are. And each week we are lifting up a value of the church, something that you can look around and see. We're gonna tell the story why. And then as we live into those values, we live into our vision, which is to be a visible glimpse of the kingdom here and now. And today we're talking about coffee. Read with me the gospel according to Matthew chapter six, one verse. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. They say coffee started in Ethiopia. Legend has it that there was a Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi, who discovered coffee after seeing how energized his goats got after eating the cherries. And he was so amazed by this discovery that he took some of the cherries and he, he went to the monastery to share them with the monks, who exclaimed that they were the devil's work and threw them into the fire. And the aroma of the beans roasting in that open fire was heavenly and so they quickly raked the beans out of the fire and then they stepped to get the embers out. And realizing their mistakes, the monks, they, they took these roasted beans and they put them in a jug and they covered them with hot water for preservation. Legend has it that later that night they sipped this brew and it kept them up for nightly vespers. Though experts disagree <laughs> on the details of that legend, coffee is without a doubt a primary lifeblood in Ethiopia today. 
Traditional's coffee, it's served in Ethiopia like an espresso with two spoons of sugar, it's called buna. And there's this Ethiopian traditional ceremony that accompanies making the coffee. I got to see it once when Elsa de Sasa, a member of our church, prepared it for me. Y'all, it is a labor of love. It takes hours. You start with fresh green coffee beans and you wash them to scrub the skin off of the beans. She washes them with her hands and then you roast the beans over a tiny charcoal stove and constantly moving the beans around on a flat surface so that they all get cooked evenly. As they get black and shiny, that the heat causes the aroma to spread. It's part of the experience. And then you have to grind the beans by hand using a pestle and mortar. And it takes a lot of time and it it causes, you know, pretty good arm workout. And then you boil the water in the jebena. That's the traditional Ethiopian coffee water boiling thing. (laughs) And then once the water boils, you add that coffee powder into the jebena and you boil it. And then once the coffee's done, you don't get to drink it right away. You have to move the jebena away from the fire so that it can rest, so that the, the... powder can move to the bottom. You wait and you wait and then when it's ready, you get your little espresso cup and you put two spoons of sugar or in the countryside in Ethiopia, they'd add salt or butter and you go and you pour the coffee over your salt or butter or sugar and then the final step is you get a second cup. You take a second espresso cup and you put it on your plate and that is for a spontaneous guest or God. Raji Dasasa is the reason we know about Ethiopian coffee. I talked to him and Elsa like three times this week trying to pronounce Jebena correctly. (laughs) He's the reason we serve Buna coffee at downtown church. Raji got into the coffee business after college. He went to Presbyterian College. And then when he graduated, one of his father's friends, childhood friends in Ethiopia, has this successful export business and he needed somebody to come and help modernize the company, to help get a web presence and and help with English-speaking traders. And so Raji went. Raji's dad, German, he grew up picking coffee beans on the countryside of Ethiopia. He would pick the beans and then take them to the market to make some money for the family. Everyone in Ethiopia is connected somehow to this agricultural trade of coffee. So Raji went after college. He traveled the world with this childhood family friend, learning about the coffee business and helping out. And when that job came to an end about a year and a half later, Raji stayed in Ethiopia. And in 2015, when he finally came back to the United States, he decided he wanted to start his own coffee company. The startup cost isn't high. You get a big bag of green coffee beans for like five or $600. Get some smaller bags and some branding and gotta find a local roaster. That's how it started, Raji said, and we've been going ever since. Buna, the name of the coffee company is the word for coffee in Amaharic the language of Ethiopia. 
And every two weeks, Raji and his wife Elsa, they get the coffee to the roaster here in town and then they pack the bags and they slap a sticker on it and they put it in the mail to the people who subscribe. Or in our case, Elsa and their sweet girls, Grace, who's three, and Maya, who's one, they show up at our door, pulling in these big bags of freshly roasted coffee for us. In the kingdom of God, everything has a story. In the kingdom of God, everyone has a story. In the kingdom of God, we take time to learn it. Our scripture is one verse. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it seems so simple, right, that instruction, though we make it so complex. Our vision is God's vision, taught to us through Jesus to be a visible glimpse of God's kingdom right here, right now. And it's an active vision. It requires something of you. It requires something of me, whether it requires us to worship together, whether it be here in person or online. It's drawing near to each other, drawing near to strangers who become friends. It's slowing down enough to hear the stories of scripture and to hear the stories of each other. And it's expecting Jesus to show up. I wasn't here when the downtown church worship experience was born. Some of you were. I wasn't here when the worship experience was born, but I've been here to see how the coffee gets made and how the coffee has roots that trace deeper than our decade-long story. Roots that get us back to goat herders in Ethiopia and church leaders who are fools and great discoveries. Roots that remind us to grab an extra cup of coffee for a spontaneous guest or for God. Roots that tell us to slow down and to honor the process and to take time to talk with the stranger who sits down beside you. I think about how odd that practice must seem to us, right? To impromptu sit down with a stranger and wait for hours on a cup of coffee. This is what happens still today in Ethiopia. But I also imagine that it's what Jesus would do. Our gospels, they're filled with these stories of Jesus being on the way and stopping to talk with a stranger. And I'd imagine that if it wasn't coffee slowing him down for hours, maybe he was waiting on a pail of water or for a sandwich to be assembled. As big a purpose as Jesus had on earth, he took his time when it came to people and refreshment. Every organization has a personality, right? Like quirks and traditions that get passed down one generation to another. And coffee is most definitely part of ours. When I was considering coming to you all as your pastor of downtown church, there was a form that described the type of pastor you all wanted. And I kid you not, 
in the qualifications of what kind of pastor you all wanted, it said, must drink coffee. <laughs> and you might think it's ludicrous that, that you all would put something so crazy, mundane in a formal description of what kind of pastor you want, but y'all, it drew me like a magnet to y'all. I love coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I'll admit I'm pretty snooty when it comes to my coffee. I blame Tim. You can ask him about it later. But what I love even more than the taste of coffee is how it builds community at Downtown Church. We grow one cup of coffee at a time, one conversation at a time, one person at a time. We don't buy billboard space or airtime on your favorite podcast to bring people to worship. No, bringing people to worship, it happens through you, through word of mouth, one person at a time, one cup of coffee at a time. It goes something like this. Someone emails the church and said, hey, I'd like to have coffee with the pastor and we meet up at Drip and afterwards, without a doubt, they always say, you know, this wasn't what I expected. We say, oh, I expected you to, you know, have some litmus test of, of church beliefs for me to see if I fit in or not, or, or I expect at least you to have me sign up for a bunch of committees. You didn't do that. No, we're more interested in your soul. We're more interested hearing what type of music you listen to and bonding over things like Whitney Houston or how you have this teenager that you love so much and you didn't realize you had all these expectations for them until you started living with them. And then we had to remember the baptismal promise that ultimately that teenager belongs to God. Thanks be to God. Not everybody meets with the pastor. Sometimes y'all meet with each other and then I hear later, I hear these same words. You know, Dawn, I didn't know how much I needed to hear that person's story. And did you know, they didn't judge me for mine. Coffee is like a spiritual practice for downtown church, but it's not about what's in the cup. It's about slowing down enough to share your story, share a conversation with a stranger, with someone you don't yet know. community of worship, downtown church. We grow not by programs or some marketing of faith, no, but by people slowing down enough to have the cup of coffee, to be aware that Jesus shows up. On Sundays, Tim and Antoine, they brew fresh coffee for us. Early in the morning they come, they get those freshly roasted coffee beans and they measure them to a precise amount and they grind the coffee and then they pour it into a machine. We use a machine because there's a lot of you. <laughs> they pour it into the machine for the hot water to move over and then, and then they wheel it over here and they prepare the table for you. And then when you go get your cup, that's when the community begins to build. If you want, you can talk to the person beside you. The coffee is like an easy entryway to conversation. And it's the way we meet each other in the flesh, the way we connect in our humanity, in our desire for a cup of caffeine to get us started in our day. a way that we meet in connection, a way that we are seen and valued and heard. So if you're listening to the podcast later this week, 
I invite you to email me at downtownchurch, dawn at downtownchurch.me, and we'll get you connected with somebody else so you can share in this practice of coffee. You can email me and I will connect you with someone else. We are innovators. We will find a way. Because it's more than just coffee. It's connection. It's community. It's the way we build a visible glimpse of the kingdom here, now. Jesus shows us the way to build kingdom in our daily lives with the tiniest of details and the simplest of acts. They speak volumes to how we value each other. Coffee, it's just one small personal touch in the kingdom of God. One way we connect to the people on the countryside in Ethiopia. One way we serve each other. One intentional act of care. It's one way we remind each other that we matter. We know it's a gift to be together for worship. We don't take that for granted anymore. And we know as staff at Downtown Church that it's a gift that you choose to come here. Out of all the things that you could be doing right now on a beautiful Sunday, we know it's a gift that you are here. So we don't take you or your time for granted. We do our best to welcome and to mark this space and time and then get out of the way for the Holy Spirit to move on through. And we want to welcome you as best we can to give a glimpse, just a glimpse of what the kingdom is like. A kingdom of welcome, a kingdom of intentional preparedness, a kingdom where someone cares that you are here. And here's the other thing. The kingdom, it's not stratified. Like we don't do VIP seating. We don't make cappuccinos for people who give more money to the church. No, we make sure the coffee is always good. And not only is it good for you on Sundays, but it's good for the construction crews that are out here throughout the week or or the Comet bus driver, driver who stops right outside our building to take a break on their route. The gifts of the kingdom, they're given freely to anyone who wants to be here, anyone who's willing to sit down, anyone looking for Jesus. And our role is being intentional about that welcome, being open to others, learning each other's story, giving the very best we can give. Y'all, the mission of Downtown Church is to be a vessel for God's kingdom to flow through. And the purpose of this, of getting together for worship, it's so we can give thanks to our Savior and so we can fill up on this glimpse and be a vessel when all of us leave this space. And just as Downtown Church has our unique flavor of welcome and intentionality, each, each of us in this room do too. Think about it, what kind of music do you play in your home or your office or your classroom? Is it music that moves your soul? Is it music that maybe somebody might sit down and enjoy with you? Who has access to your drink fridge or your coffee maker? Who might you do the dishes for? How might you sit still when someone just lingers past your office door and you can tell that they need a listening ear for 20 minutes? The kingdom moves one person at a time. One cup of coffee at a time. One person saying, okay, I'm in. Let that person be you. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Sometimes I wake up with a sadness Other days feels like madness So what would I do without you? When colors turn to shades of gray With the weight of the world at the end of the day Oh, what would I do without you? A decade goes by without a warning there's still a kindness in your eyes Amidst the questions and the worry The peace of mind always takes me by surprise Feel like walking with eyes as blind as a man without a lantern in a coal mine. So, what would I do without you? My imagination gets the best of me, and I'm trying to hide lost at sea. What would I do without you? The difference between what I've said and done. You're still standing by my side A guilty soul and a worried mind I'll never make it if I'm on my own got the morning, I got midnight, you are patient, I'm always on time, oh, what would I do without you? You got your sunshine, I got rain clouds, you got hope, I got my doubts, so what would I do without you? Oh, what would I do without you? What would I do without you? Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that you come quietly and sip coffee with us. We give you thanks that you intend for us to slow down and to grow in our faith one conversation at a time. In slow conversation, curious about what you, God, have to do with us. We pray this day for those who are seeking connection with other humans. We pray that you would help us reach out of our comfort zones and to make points of connection with each other. And we pray for those who are struggling for work, struggling in their relationships, struggling to fight for their life. 
May your grace cover us, Lord. Seep into the wounds that only you know. Remind us that because of Jesus, we are never alone in our pain. There is not one suffering he didn't take on to be with us. So we pray for those who walk in the valley of darkness. Remind all of us that we are not alone. Help us to know your presence with us as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you now to stand and to stay with me, the Apostles' Creed. And if you don't want to say the words or if you don't agree, know that that's okay. It's not a test or a club that you join. It's a history of our faith that we pass down one generation to another. It's okay to let the voices around you carry you. Beloved, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Then I shall bow in 
salvation and then proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God Our vision, God's vision, is for us to be a visible glimpse of the kingdom here, right now. And so as we end this time of worship, know that the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit is with you, and with all those you love, and with all those nobody loves. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.